Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher Jarrett Johnson. The Beard Sports Director Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. All right. Welcome. Welcome to Friday. The Rockin' Pregame Show. Time to talk some Texas Tech sports. Take a break from the music for a minute, which I'm sure that uh, probably pisses off some people, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's the way it goes. But uh, 1 o'clock, we'll fire it back up. So a couple hours of uh, just something different here. So um, a lot of stuff to get to today. Um, obviously, uh, Tech gets bounced out of the uh, NCAA tournament. So oh, you had to bring that up. Well, it's, I mean, shouldn't we? I mean... Oh, I guess so. I mean, is it okay. still, still is the wound Just, too, wound too fresh? Are we, you hurt my heart. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your heart, Pete. <laughs> it's okay. I had forgotten about I feel like that. We ought to be playing on. a Celine Dion song now. All of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> You're probably a Celine Dion fan, aren't no, you? Pete? <laughs> Why is who's that? that? Who's, who's, the, the, who's the one singing it? There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, 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 that's a good point, Sean. I wouldn't know any of them. So. Um, that's, yeah, no, I saw Titanic. So I mean, okay, that's fair. Yeah. You know the scene where, you know, he's drawing her, and she. You think there was yeah. room on the headboard for for DiCaprio? I forgot his name in the. They're not, I just remember watching back in the day, like they just let let him drown, and uh, you know, he could have fit on there. He's a skinny <laughs> guy. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have to drown. Kate Winslet, she's very selfish, right? You know, so yeah, that's uh, that's the alternate ending, I guess. I don't know. Um, I hadn't really thought about that, Jared, but thank you for bringing up an interesting point. Uh, we'll have more Titanic. That's really talking. my one takeaway from Titanic. Like, other than the guys playing the music as it goes down was pretty cool. I thought, like, all right. Uh, right, that was really saving keeping, keeping, keeping their cool under pressure. Yeah, like, all right, yeah. we're going down. Let's all go right. down playing music. I'd like to think that my life wasn't going to end with me playing a violin. <laughs> you know, that's, how depressing is that, man? Yeah. <laughs> all right, coming up today, uh, what do the Red Raiders need to target the transfer portal? Um, and then spring practice has begun for football. And I know uh, you guys have been uh, have seen it, so anxious to hear what uh, what your thoughts are. And then baseball, you know, we got some baseball coming up here. Michael Hunter and Eric Haslam break down their thoughts on the NCAA tournament as we are on the precipice of the Sweet 16. So, hey, are you all surprised so far that everybody thought there would be a, a ton of, uh, you know, Big 12 teams in the Sweet 16? And, the Big 10 and the Big 12. Yeah, that's crazy. And less packed <laughs> I mean, the Pac-12 yeah, Pac- yeah, Pac- been dominating now. Yeah. yeah. Although I, I was surprised too that Colorado got beat like they did. Yeah. They were looking really good. I thought, man, I thought they were for sure in the Sweet 16, but no, that didn't happen. So, um, let's USC see, against else? Kansas was a big exclamation mark. I mean, Boy, I tell you what, that was USC yeah. and Kansas its worst ever loss in the NCAA tournament. And that's when I said, oh, okay, this this yeah. is terrible. <laughs> it was a you, terrible performance. By you the know what's interesting though? After watching it too, you, you always hear all every year. There's always that talk about, oh, this conference is the best conference. This one's the best conference. I think any of the Power Five conferences, they all attract top level talent, and they all have good you know good players. I don't know. Here, here's my theory. Here's my theory. Other, actually, you know? too. You're right. But this year was unique in that most teams stayed regional. So these conferences didn't play each other a lot as much as they normally do earlier in the season. So we didn't get to see them stack up as much. By playing each other. Be playing so, each yeah, other, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that is something to, to consider. And also, it's a shorter season, so there's less work. There's less body of work to, to examine. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, some of these, especially out west, they played a lot less than the right. than like Big Twelve or Big East. So. And then Oregon played less than anybody in the NCAA tournament, getting a first round. Well, that's bye, true. Basically. Yeah, so that's, uh, <laughs> that didn't that hurt. Part. Yeah. Do you, do you think that helped them or hurt? Well, it obviously, must have helped them because they won. But well, you have fresh legs. It helps. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think because yeah. then some people will say, yeah, but if you don't play a game, then you get rusty and you hear that nah, kind of talk. No. But no, I think you always take the bye, man. Yeah, I, I would think. Come on. Yeah, I, that's what I would think. Pete, you down with that? I actually thought it was going to hurt them, but I mean, they came yeah. out and whipped Iowa. So yeah, but wrong. But you, but okay. you think it could <laughs> take, take the edge off or something? Yeah. Who had Abilene Christian beating Texas? Man, that was unbelievable. I know that was. Yeah, in your bracket, oh, Sean, you didn't pick that. Did yeah. you pick that? Unfortunately, yeah, that one of his eight here. brackets you filled out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, how, yeah. How many did you four. fill out? Four. That's four. That's four. Come okay. on. Yeah, see if you're if you're picking more than one. I agree. That's uh, oh, no credibility. One. No I, zero, zero credibility. credibility. If you pick out, if you <laughs> fill out more than one bracket, you you pick out, you pick out a realistic bracket. No, you're, no. You're, see, you're, no, you're, no you're this is out. where you can say how right. many in, in your four brackets. How many of them did you have Abilene Christian win? Three. Because I don't, I don't, uh, I don't trust Shaka. I don't trust. I feel Shaka. one. Okay. Well, Marquette trusts Shaka Smart apparently. So. Shaka Smart, Shaka Smart. Which we'll get to that too. There's a, there's that crazy talk, and then it's going to fire up the Chris Beard oh, yeah. talk, and it's, it's, it's be, already fired up. Yeah. So I mean, so yeah. If you haven't heard any of that yet, um, if you've been busy apparently no your one's going to be returning from the basketball program from this past year. And I'm joking. I'm just saying. But, but that's, that's like all the rumors. Uh, so many things I've heard in the last 24 hours. Uh, from all different kinds of sources. Like, come on, man. All right. You know? Well, so, yeah, we got a ton of stuff, too. I get to, uh, coming up here in a few minutes, we'll get to inside the Red Raiders recruiting, basketball, and, yeah, talking about that roster and who might leave, who might, who's coming in, what transfers. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah, the wild, wild west of all of it. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll get to that coming up here. Rockin' Reality Check. A quick uh, Rockin' Reality Check here. Obviously, uh, it was disappointing for Tech to, uh, you know, to, to not make the Sweet 16. I always thought that was probably the ceiling for this team anyway. They, they, if they made it to the Sweet 16, you'd go, all right, that was a successful season for this particular team. Mm-hmm. Not to make it there, I, I think, you know, with the talent and everything, I think you look at it and go, yeah, that's, that's kind of disappointing. So, yeah, I'd just leave it at that. What do you, what? Well, I mean, and what could have been? I mean, but it's it's all the things that were the bugaboos all year, the uh, mm-hmm. the – Ten minutes, they only scored four points, missing free throws. Layups. The layups at the end there, yeah. So, And then what could have been, I mean, they'd be playing Oral Roberts and then possibly Baylor, a team they'd seen twice. I mean, I, people were so excited. So what a letdown. Yeah, that was sad. I agree with what Pete said. I mean, it was a microcosm of what went wrong for them, losing a close game like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, you know, Just not being a, a good enough offensive team in terms of just Bluntly shooting, they weren't. They didn't shoot good enough to earn that victory against Arkansas, you right? Know? And then they had their opportunities based on really just gut and grit coming back, which is you know that's also been a calling card of this team and this yeah. program, of course. You know, to just be in that position. But I mean, to you know, whether there, there were fouls or not, I, I didn't. I don't feel like the refs determined the game. Tech had right. their opportunities. McClung, eighty percent free throw shooter, misses a front end of a one on one on a questionable call. By the way, I don't, I don't think that was a foul on Arkansas. You get a break, you don't take advantage. Then Shannon, I think he was fouled there, but he should have gone up stronger still, you know? Right. And then at the end, should they have called timeout? I personally think they should have. So you get the ball in either McClung or Shannon's hands. They didn't. 
Uh, Kyler got a great shot, though. You know, if you argue yeah. from the other side of the argument, Kyler got a layup attempt. You know, and he and he bricked it basically. He just yeah. threw it too hard off the off the backboard. Why doesn't he go up and try to jam that? Why and doesn't he out? gather and goes to? I don't know. I mean, why is he going up so high? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't either. A question for the ages. Yep. I guess we'll he never know. But he didn't make it. They lost. Yeah, yeah. and Arkansas's moving. A, a good Arkansas team, by the way. I, yeah. They were good offensively, like we expected, but they were good, de- a better defensively, I think. Than many of us uh, expected, and that yeah. was a really good ball game. That yeah. was a oh, it was a great, very entertaining tournament game to watch. Good turn between two good teams, and uh, you know, I, I thought it was a coin toss game going into it, mm-hmm. and Arkansas won the coin toss. Yeah, I mean that's it. All right, well, uh, Tech is out, so now we turn our attention to uh, the roster, and you know, it's uh, one of the uh, Chris Beard things is always being aggressive with the roster and yeah. being in the talent acquisition mode and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that. Uh, I just say that starts. That never ends, I guess, actually. But uh, we'll talk about some recruiting and maybe some, you know, transfer uh, possibilities, stuff like that. Coming up next. Inside the RedRaiders.com recruiting. All right. So uh, here we go. A lot of stuff uh, now that the season is completed for Texas Tech. Now the, uh, the talk starts with who is staying, who is possibly going, what are Tech's biggest roster needs? And then, you know, you always got that transfer portal that at this point it seems like, uh, gosh, it just seems like everybody's in the transfer portal all the time. Now, it'd be easier to list the three guys who aren't in the portal, yeah, I guess. Than, the Wild West out there, man, football and basketball. So uh, <laughs> there are some targets possibly for Tech to uh, bring in some of these uh, transfers, and that's something that Beard has, has obviously done, so uh, we'll get to that as well. But first off, as far as who is staying and who's going, uh, you know, what is there any? I think I feel like Mike McClung is going to stay, which is good news. Okay. And these um, guys have the the COVID stuff; they have that extra year year of eligibility, right? Yes, like in football, yes. so you got the same thing. So, um, yeah, I think he's a junior, anyways. So that's good. He was a junior this year, so okay. Uh, he could conceivably stay two more years. I'm not saying he's going to, but uh, and be. You know, just to answer your question there, yeah. Uh, but Marcus Santa Silva could take advantage of that, and I, I know Beard wants him back, so it just depends on what Santa Silva wants to do. You know, if I had to say right now, I'd say I think he returns, but I don't know that for sure. You know, but is he a guy that has any NBA possibility? No, it would be it would like be going was. pro. I mean, I don't know how many degrees he has at this point. I don't know where he's at with that. I know he, you know he came here as a grad transfer, um, but he may want to start making money. You know, like start. Playing pro ball That's in, weird. in Europe. Yeah, I know, I'm right? <laughs> I mean, just say he may be done with school. He may right, be ready to yeah. go on. I, I, you know, I don't know that. Um, I just, I know that um, as of right now, I, I would expect him to come back. That they okay. want him back, and that uh, uh, it, it would be nice to get Santa Silva back. Okay, I was about to ask you there with between McClung and, and Silva. There's, there's seemingly no negative of either one of those guys being being on the team next year. Does it seem like? Be yeah. down with that. Yes. Yeah. Peacefully. <laughs> Pete, what do you think? <laughs> I think both guys stay, but why don't you go to who, who might be leaving? Oh, well, I, I think what we've learned uh, is to expect the unexpected with this yeah. program, right? I mean, mm-hmm. good and bad, you know? Um, and if you – actually, I was asked on Wednesday how many new faces I thought we'd see, and I said, you know, two to three. I said, but then again, uh, if we follow – if we if they stay according to the way Beard has been every year, they expect at least four to five. Yeah. And so there's been a lot of rumors. Kyler Edwards is Shannon going pro, um, which I think Edwards is the most surprising to me, just because uh, he gets a lot of minutes. 
Um, Beard has been so complimentary of him. So, you know. And played him at times to the point where sometimes yeah. you go, gosh, man, he doesn't have it today. Why are you right. just. <laughs> so, you know, um, I'm taking a. We'll see what happens mm-hmm. with that. You know, before. I'm definitely not saying any of this is set in stone. Um, we look like, look at last year, how much the roster changed, like in the summer. We're not even close to that yet. Right. Do you know how many guys he added? You know, and Tabway came in and then Nawai was gone and all that. You know, like a lot of things changed, you know, kind of late last, last, uh, cycle last year. Right. So I, the, right now, um, they have two scholarships op- open with Jalen Tyson coming in, right? And I expect there to be at least one, if not two more. I just, I do because that's what of, we've seen every year of guys leaving or one or two more scholarships open because guys have left for whatever reason, okay. you know, whatever they'll call it, mutual guys looking for playing time, right? How, however you want to say it, I think there'll be two more spots. Okay, so if you're looking at, at the roster then, yeah. and you look down down the down the bench, who who are the guys oh, that you? Th- I mean, again, it's, speculation. It's We're just purely having fun speculation. speculating. Yeah, yeah I, you know? I don't know. I mean, like I want Vlad to come back though. Yeah, I think all the all the fans want Vlad yeah, to come man. back. Yeah, you'd I, I don't know. You'd like to see him uh, get more than just a year. I think the mm-hmm. constant swinging door of these project big men's coming in and going and going right. out. I don't know if that really helps anything. You right. know, but then yeah. again, I don't know if Golden's ever going to get there. Right. You know. So uh, you don't. You know, Beard clutches and values those scholarships, and he's as impatient of a coach as I've ever covered in terms of. If he doesn't think a guy's going to be able to help him win a championship right now, uh, they're gone. You know, yeah. one way, however it's said, you know, right. I, the, that's that's the bottom line. So. Well, when you're in the when you're able to acquire talent like he has been able yeah. to acquire, you're not really in a position where you have to grow talent. Right. I mean, you know, it's like you know, take traditionally in the past, you always had guys. You're you're hoping that you know, four years down the road when they're seniors, they're they're ready to you know. There's These a lot of philosophical debate, yeah. though, I think, among the fan base if this yeah. is the right way to go. Now, obviously, right. Beard has taken this program to heights unseen before. Every that's the foundation. Everybody's glad. Beard's the man. In you know, in Beard, almost everybody you know, everybody trusts. Uh, it's just is you have to question the constant churning. Is it the, what's what's best for the program? And yeah. I don't know. You know, yeah. I'm kind of I go back and forth because you look at what Beard's done. But then also, uh, you know, you look at the offense the last couple of years, and it just hasn't worked. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there hasn't been any continuity for the most part. I mean, Edwards was the only guy who was played who was on that championship team just two years ago, uh, or championship runner-up team. Uh, so it's just you wonder: is this the right? Like maybe not go full bore, which I don't know if Beard is, po- is capable of not going just full bore right, all the yeah. time. But you wonder if. Maybe keep a couple of guys, a couple of the projects, and try and develop them rather right. than having almost a new team every year. You know, and see, and that, and that is the thing. Now, I would never sit down and uh, proclaim that I can uh, argue and and know better what to do than Chris Beard. Absolutely, but that's just, the just as a fan, though, yes. you know, you do. You just that's part of the fun of following teams and being mm-hmm. a fan is you're just sitting there. You know, you wonder about stuff, but but it always does feel like when he's that aggressive and you got all these new guys every year that you know you got to go try to build that team chemistry and try to right. learn how to play with each other and understand where this guy's going to be and what's he capable of and you know just all of that it it's it's not easy just to develop that so that is one of those especially questions when the margin is so have, slim you, know? you look at all right. the games tech almost won yeah. you know what i mean yeah. you wonder now maybe they wouldn't wouldn't have been in it if they hadn't done what beer did with the roster right 
or maybe the continuity would have helped. You know, yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. And like I said, the foundation is, of course, in beard everyone trusts. But um, you just, you just, you wonder about that. Yeah. But talking about the roster here, hear all these crazy things about how different uh, the roster could look again next yeah. year, and you just wonder: is this the right way, the right path? Right. All right. So uh, something else here besides who's uh, possibly going or whatever or staying, but how about some 2021 targets that are still well, out there for one came uh, like off high the board. school guys, I guess? Or? Yeah, high school guys, 2021 targets. A big one, literally and figuratively, came off the board yesterday. And Enoch Boeke, I can't say this, Boeke, how do you say that, Jeff? You're, you're I don't know, it sounds like a... Boeke, I'll say Boeke. Too much, Boke, uh, you know, committed to Arizona State. You know, he was, uh, he was a legit big man. Uh, he reclassified from 2022 to 2021. Uh, and... He's going to Arizona State. So that was a big pickup for them. Was but, that a surprise to you that Tech didn't no, land him? No, Arizona State made a uh, shrewd move. They hired uh, his AAU coach. So. Ah, that's always a, that's always <laughs> a always good move there, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. once I heard that was happening, I was like, okay, all right, yeah, that's, that's where he's going. You know, okay. that's just that's college basketball for you. part of the way it works. Yep. Huh? Um, and then a, a guy still on the board, at least as of this morning, I haven't checked since we started the show, uh, Point guard Ty Ty Washington, four star recruit. I talked about him, I think, on on the last show. Yeah. You know, top thirty guy. He was committed to Creighton. Now, I mean, everybody's going after him. So, and Tech uh, is definitely involved in his recruitment, trying to bring him in. So he'd be a what the, the book on Ty Ty is. He can create. He can be a point guard, but he's also a very good off guard uh, in terms of shooting. So, what kind of a, size is he? Like six three, six okay, two. So he so, is more of oh, a yeah. point point guard side, not no, his, not his typical six seven guy that we're. No, yeah, okay. no, no. This yeah. is a point. This is a real like a floor general kind of guy that yeah. you know Tech could use. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is no, kind I, of what that's really. That's the question: is what does Tech need? Whether they turn the roster or not, like what? Let's say most of the guys come back. Let's just hypothetically, what what does this team need? In your opinion, in y'all's opinion, in, you know, because like, like, I have mine I, for sure. I, as think you know. they, I think they need. I think they need a. True point guard, mm-hmm. and and I think they need a. Uh, I, I don't even know they need a absolutely dominant big guy, but right. they need a big guy who can be a force. And, yeah. and I mean they've been undersized there, so that'd be the two things I'd I'd take right now. Because even when you know, but a point guard who can who can remain uh, in charge and in control. Because you know, there's times where. I mean, I guess Edwards brings the ball down most of the time, but he doesn't seem like a true point guard. Who's, and then McClung who's even size wise looks like a point guard. Yeah, but he just. Sometimes he's just so out of control that he's. I, I don't think that's really his. Who was the facilitator either, so. on the team this year? I mean, who was the guy you say like, oh man, he's creating a lot of shots for his teammates? Right. I mean, I, I don't really have the answer question. for you. you know, we're all looking at each other. Like, oh, yeah. mm. So they could use that. What do you yeah. think, Pete? Oh well, I mean, obviously, uh, I think. Uh, well, I was just thinking about man, they need to hit free throws. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard I'm to get st- past that. Yeah, it is hard to yeah. get past because it was it was a. I mean, it was a problem all year long. Yeah, and but, yeah. I mean, there were several things that that stepped up all year long. But yeah, they need a guy who can facilitate and and uh, dish and, and and make some things happen. Yeah, and and because you know, there's times where too they uh, the aggressive nature of like to me like Shannon. And uh, and even McClung at times, you know, you talk about you know facilitate, make things happen. Those guys when they played aggressively looked better sometimes. Like Shannon, especially to me, he disappeared for long stretches of games, and you know, but then at times all of a sudden he'd be there and he's driving to the basket and he's doing stuff, and you're like, wow, okay, man, I want to see more of that. But you know, yeah. it's like times he just sort of. Faded into the wood. Aggressiveness is like the strange, word for yeah. basketball. Like, if you, yeah. I, I don't know if y'all, I'm a big NBA fan too. And during the playoffs, you'll hear commentators say, they got to be aggressive. 
a million times. It's the word. Because, I mean, it's so true. They, they even have a cheer for that, don't they? Be aggressive. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's it. I've heard that again. They should. <laughs> they should. Because, uh, I mean, that really, especially like when you get to that level, that's a lot of times the difference is who's, who's the aggressor. You know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I think they need, a, they need a pure score to pair with Mac. They need a guy, another guy who can score at every level. What about Jalen um, Tyson? He, now, look. On paper, that's yeah. your guy. Yeah. But what were we saying about Namari Burnett? What was I saying about yeah. Namari Burnett this right. time last year? You yeah. know, so five star heralded he, he guy. He hit eight threes in the last high school game he played in. He could didn't you know he couldn't hit eight threes in an open court uh, when we saw him here at Tech. Yeah. So I don't know what happened with him. Um, but uh, he's in the portal, by the way. He's oh, listed yeah. at twenty four seven Sports. I think he was number nine, the ninth uh, best uh, option best available. Yeah, yeah, best available in the portal. Yeah. Um, all right, so. So we talk about the, the the yeah, as I was say. So you talk about the needs that Tech has. Maybe it is a true point guard. It's a you know a shooter. It's a guy. It's a big man. When you look at what's available in the transfer portal, guys that Tech you, you think you're going to be in on or got a shot at, uh, give, give us some of those guys. Well, Tech is like when we've confirmed Tech has talked with a, like a lot of these guys. <laughs> They're yeah. talking to a lot of people in the portal. I think uh, you know how. You know, y'all, y'all really enjoyed this last time I said it. How are, are they past the butt sniffing stage or not? You know that I, I'm not sure. Sometimes it's hard to gauge. Like I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, Center Walker Kessler, seven one freshman, former five star from North Carolina. He's in the portal. He's considered one of the the top targets. There. Is he the guy? He just entered the portal just a few days ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I mean, is Tech involved in his recruitment? Yes, but so are fifty other schools. You know, right. and so. Um, even when you read interviews, he mentions like a dozen schools that he, you know, he's vague about. So you have to just work your sources, talk to these guys, and see where they're at. I, Kessler would be a good fit, in my opinion, defensively. I think he's athletic enough to switch. <clears throat> but uh, you know, there's a you know there's a lot of competition for his services. Do you think if you get if you were if you landed a guy like that, and you know, you say he can switch and everything, but if Tech was able to get an elite big man, yeah, who maybe mm-hmm. was an elite big man in the true sense, but it wasn't able to like switch, you know, like this defense right. had to run, would they be willing to get a guy who is an elite guy, but couldn't switch? Maybe would you be willing to uh, tailor the defense a little bit around a, a guy like that, or would you just go, we, we don't want that type of guy because he to can't win. switch? Beard, yeah. Beard's made it clear he wants to win, whether it be during a season. In game, whatever he will change from some of his philosophical tenets okay. in order to win. He said that. That's yeah. that's out there for everyone. He said that in a press conference during the tournament. So your my answer is yes. Yeah. Okay. They they would if he's good enough. And I think this guy, on paper, is good enough. Um, that where you can show multiple looks. One look with him, then you go to a smaller lineup, more your uh, positionless basketball that's that Beard likes, mm-hmm. where you have a bunch of six, seven, six, eight guys, you know, uh, running around, switching, uh, you know, playing physical basketball. So they're also targeting not just uh, you know a center or some some stretch four kind of guys, but also some guards. One guy, his name keeps coming up, is Justin Powell. He's a six five guard, freshman from uh, Auburn. He's known as a sharpshooter. So. Tech is, you know, is involved in his recruitment. He's one of their top targets, so that's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, and then there's some uh, some other guards, some more shifty, more floor general type guards. I think we were talking about before. One I love just because of his name is Fats Russell. 
Oh, yeah. 6'3 senior from Rhode Island. He averaged almost 15 points, four and a half rebounds, four and a half assists. Um, he's a high usage kind of guy, but I think uh, I, without knowing exactly how good of a defensive player he is, I think he could be a good fit um, just with. Is that his real name? I don't know. Okay. He just, you, you know, think of a guy listed. with fats have a lot of ability to play remember that fat quick lever? switching defense. But yeah. I immediately thought, I thought of he's fat a lever. Yeah, so. yeah, it's, it's what, yeah, I hear fats. And, fats but, Domino, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, there you go, yeah. See, I thought Fat Lever from the Nuggets back in the day. That's okay. I, so I, oh, yeah. Okay. Remind me of some of those him. old, uh, you know, back in the day, they had better nicknames right. than we do now. Yeah. Uh, all right, another guy, uh, Keaton Willis from Incarnate Word. Uh, you know, he averaged 19 points, four and a half rebounds, two assists. Obviously, Beard was a grad assistant in Incarnate Word. He's very familiar with that program. Um, that's somebody to watch. I mean, he had a really good uh, season. He's a sophomore. Um, yeah, C.J. Felder from Boston College, he just entered uh the the poor I me mean, like yesterday I think he's somebody to watch um, I actually don't know if they've they've you know reached out to him yet but uh, he's what they look for what Beard looks for he's six seven he averages about nine and a half points and five rebounds and he can d you up so those are some of the guys uh, okay. that I've been looking at uh, Cutis Wahab six ten sophomore from Georgetown he's used to be McClung's teammate obviously oh, there so that could so be that's a connection kind of, okay. you know so there's man there's a lot of guys uh, to look at. Um, I tell you what, this is, to me, this is way left field. But uh, Tech has reached out to him at least. Like I said, I don't know if it's past the butt sniff uh, stage or not. But uh, power forward Parker Fox from Division II Northern State, 6'8", sophomore, very athletic. He looks like uh, I don't like uh, Sunshine from... Uh, uh, Remember the Titans? Remember the Titans, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. That's what he looks like, you know. Uh, but he, I mean... He was a star. Averaged 23, point, 23 points and 10 rebounds wow. last season. So, And he's a guy that will like dunk on your head and block your shot into the crowd. He's that kind of – he's a very springy type athlete. So, okay. you know, I, it, you have to look at the competition. I, I'm not looking down my nose at Division Two, but it's not Big 12 basketball on the other hand right. too. So, yeah. Or Division One basketball, you know. Uh, so – uh, he, he, but he's interesting just because of his size and athleticism. All right. So, all right. Well, yeah. There's going to be a lot happening over the next uh, weeks, months, oh, uh, as Beard shapes the roster and getting ready for next season. Uh, so uh, every uh, Friday we'll be here to keep you uh, updated on uh, what is going on with that. Plus, if you really like to dig deep in it, just uh, subscribe to InsideTheRedRaiders dot com and uh, you get all that recruiting stuff all the time. Now, uh, when we come back here, time to talk some Red Raider football. Spring practice has started, and uh, I know you guys have actually, there's, you know, we're kind of getting back to normal, actually able to get out there and see some practices and uh, see some of the guys in person and, uh, you know, we're going to really break it down, see what you guys have seen, what your your thoughts are as uh, we start looking ahead to football season. The Rockin' Pregame returns on 101.1 The Beard. All right, still to come on the show, there's uh, a lot of stuff happening. Uh, reportedly, uh, Shaka Smart heading to Marquette, opening up the Texas job. And naturally, the very next thing you hear is that, uh, you know, Chris Beard's name always moves to the top of the list. So uh, we'll uh, get you all updated on that coming up on the show. Red Raider football. All right, so let's talk some Red Raider football here first. We've got spring practice going, and uh, this year finally, we're you know some sense of normalcy is uh, starting to happen. And I know uh, spring practice, you guys have been able to get out there and see some actual real uh, real time. Uh, you know, you've seen uh, Maverick Tyler, McIver in yep, person. Yep. I mean, Tyler Shuck in yeah. person too, yeah. the new quarterback. Fine, you know that's 
I think that was huge. That's like a it's a watershed moment potentially for this program this offseason to get a quarterback who won the Pac-12 last year. He started every game for Oregon, helped him do a Pac-12 championship. To get a guy, he, he he's the highest-rated quarterback, at least in the modern era, to play for Texas Tech coming out of high school. You know, he was a top 100 guy, lead 11 guy, just edging out Baron Morton. It's it's Shuck, Baron Morton, and Graham Harrell. So that's pretty good company, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Back All in right. the days when there was a scout, Pat Mahomes was a four-star on scout, but he wasn't on 24-7 arrivals, so he's still he, now he's listed as just a three-star. But I just want to say, we were with scout, and we had him as a four-star. Just That that would be lost in history. Nobody will ever reference that scout anymore. I, but I will tell everyone I tell know. Everyone, scream it from the I mountaintops, will. Jeff. <laughs> I have to go a ways to get to a mountaintop, but I tell you what, <laughs> the, the, the next time I'm at a mountaintop, though, I tell you what, when I get to the highest point in Lubbock that's not a building, that would be over there, the flyover uh, off Marsha Sharp oh, Freeway yeah. over there. Okay, yeah. That's the highest point in Lubbock, I think, that's not like a building. I saw a car I'll shout break it from down there. Up there the other day, and I thought, man, that might be the worst spot well, wouldn't it though? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. You're on that little narrow deal, and yeah, that'd be that terrible. is some really good information. About as good information as the scout four star with Pat. <laughs> all right, well, there <laughs> useless you go. <laughs> yeah, I think yours may have been more useful. It's the highest point in love. Yeah. It, but, all uh, right, so, uh, but uh, yeah, spring football. You know, last year with everything going on, I mean, spring football didn't. I guess didn't even happen, and so there was just you just know there's, four practices, man. Yeah, so, you know, just put the pads on. So because of rules, you go two days, just helmet and jerseys. Third day, you can put the shoulder pads on. Fourth practice for any player, it's when you can go full full board. You have, yeah. you know, all your pads and your. You know, that's when you have the Oklahoma drills, one on one lineman drills. We got to see some of that. That was nice. Yeah. Did you guys get up early and go to practice this morning, or was that one even open? No, they're, they're not they're doing that. Six o'clock practice. I was, I like, was willing to do it because I yeah. got to get up, and take my boy to school, anyways. But yeah. uh, no, they said no to that, which is fine. Yeah, that, that gives you a good excuse. To, a couple uh, reporters yeah. like, man, if I have to. Get up at five in the morning because of you. Then you're going to pay. I'm going to get I just you. Thought get it would revenge. be a bonus if you. That's what I tell you. Yeah. You don't have to go. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, they are doing some early morning practices. Yes. And and I guess that's that's important when you're instilling discipline team. I mean, you got to you know guys got to wake up early and roll out of the rack and yeah. get to practice by six o'clock. I mean that's uh, that's, that's yeah. some. Wells uh, has said he believes instilling uh, accountability and discipline during the spring. So I think that's part of it. Also, I think fans want to see that. Certainly, absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, some of it may just be scheduling too. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what the player schedules are, and they have yeah. to, whoever has to figure that out or whatever department. Boy, I bet they have their hands full <laughs> trying to right. figure out the class schedules and the oh my gosh. and the practice schedules. So, what have you what have you guys seen so far uh, is spring practice? That you know, I mean, things that make you. I'm sure there's things that make you go, "Wow, I'm that's that's encouraging." And there's probably some stuff that makes you go, "Huh, that's odd. I wasn't expecting that," or mm, "That doesn't look real good." Let's start with the good. Tech is bigger, noticeably bigger yeah, in several spots. Um, at one point, I saw a six-eight uh, tight end, new freshman tight end, uh, running a route with a six-six receiver on one end, a six-five receiver on the other, all running routes in formation. I was like, "Wow, this looks like a Power Five program." You know, I mean, uh, and I think it was Shuck throwing the ball, six-five quarterback with a rocket arm. I was like, "This is what I'm talking about here." Yeah. You know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so <laughs> more of that. Yeah, and that stood out to me. I think. Uh, Look, they're going to run 11 personnel. They were exclusively in 11 personnel under David Yost. They're still going to run that some uh, under Sonny Cumbie, but they're also going to be in five wide. They're also going. To, you're also going to see some 21 personnel. You're going to see uh, all kinds of formation, multiple formations. They're going to use uh, motion, which they didn't do the last couple of years. All that kind of stuff. Hey, real quick now, you know we got people from all levels of knowledge of of the game that listen to this show. But when you say things like 11 personnel, 21 personnel. You know, things like that. 
for uh, someone who you know may not know the uh, what what that means. Can you break that down real quick? Twenty one is uh, two back. Uh, Eleven personnel is uh, tied in with one back and three receivers. Okay. That's basically what, what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. No, I just think a lot of people hear that stuff, and if you're not somebody they who's really two back. deep into it. They should, yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of two-back. I think yeah. Wells, he kind of said that before the Kansas game, and they ran that some, even with Yost, more in that game than they had in the mm-hmm. previous, all the games, the previous uh, two seasons combined. Uh, so Because they have a good running back uh, room. They yeah. have some studs back there. Uh, obviously, Sir Roderick is the man. I think he's one of the best in the Big 12. I think Chedarius looks really good. You got Taj Brooks. You get Cameron Valdez coming in. You have Xavier White, who has showed he can mm-hmm. run. Uh, he's out this spring. They have some horses back there, so they should utilize those guys. Anything? What about? Um, I, I've been curious about the offensive line. What? Well, uh, I thought you wanted to talk line? about the good. Well, oh, okay. So that's, okay. <laughs> well, you just answered that. No. Well, okay. Well, the more well, good. I'll, 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 no, I'll, no, I'll no, give you sorry, a good. Go. I'll give you a good. No, I, I think TJ Stormont. It's it's evident. That he's going to be a, a hoss for you. TCU front. transfer. TCU right, grad yeah. transfer this this off season. I, he's probably going to be at left tackle. I think your starting line is going to be Stormin at left tackle, Western right at left guard. Dawson Deaton is not out there, and that's a pretty big. I mean, we're seeing this offensive line without Dawson Deaton and obviously without Jack Anderson. I mean, I think most people say those are your two best offensive linemen. You know, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, obviously. Jack Anderson is going to the, to the NFL. He's declaring for the NFL. But Dawson Dean will be back at center. And then uh, Josh Berger, he started all 10 games at right tackle. He's, he's been playing at right guard. And then I think Caleb Rogers, who played some at left tackle as a true freshman, is going to be your right tackle. So, yeah. And I think that's a pretty good offensive line. I just feel like it's not dominant, first off, as a starting offensive line. And more than likely, you're going to lose at least one or two guys, right? I mean, to injury or yeah, whatever. Right, you know? so, happens, and yeah. I don't know about the death behind them. I just, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I feel like they've, on a positive note, they've improved the roster almost everywhere. Significantly at quarterback. Um, safety is significantly improved. But offensive line and corner, there's just not depth there. And I think we'll see them address that through the transfer portal this offseason still. Yeah. Now, right now, the transfer portal in football, it's not... I mean, it's, it's pretty dead. You know, okay. I mean, you're not hearing any news nationally because it's pretty dead right now. People are still trying to figure out where they are on the depth chart in spring ball. Mm-hmm. So by the end of spring ball, I think it'll be different, and then the summer, of course. But I think they have to address. They got to get one more, you know, power five offensive lineman, and they need to get at least one more cornerback. I mean, they have to. Yeah. Uh, they're just they have very little depth there. All right. Anything you see, Pete, that stands oh, out? I you mean, know, you know, it was I. I was on vacation the week before, so one, I was just glad to be out there. I mean, uh, of course, I was mumbling under my breath, uh, cursing COVID, because you know, obviously, in the past, we got to be right up and move all up and down the sidelines. Here, you got to stay back, but over top of that, it's just we got to be out there. So, yeah. you know, for for us TV guys, the big thing was you know getting video of Shuck over there and they were way on the other side mm. but then they brought us over so we got some but anyway he 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 did his reps we got to see all the guys i saw you know sonny cumby in there yelling at guys yeah, and getting yeah. on him and stuff man he's he's pretty loud so he was the uh the two previous practices i was at too like it stayed it stood out like this guy uh, he's getting after it you'll look well, at well, i mean now patterson it, the defensive yeah. coordinator he'll get after guys too and it's i, I love it i just start bust out laughing because the way he gets after guys is just it's football you know but cumby I, this is my first time, because I don't remember 2013, like, when I actually came here. Like, I didn't have – it was the middle of the season. And so I didn't – they weren't allowing us media folk in the middle of the season to practice. I don't remember seeing Sonny Cumbie as a coach in a practice. 
So I was kind of right. taken aback because he is like he is a good guy. You know, he's a, he's known as a nice guy, and I, you know, like I say, everybody has some kind of personal story to corroborate that. But he will get after your butt, boy, on the on the practice field. Yeah. I mean, he and he, we've seen that. Yeah, you know, every practice that we've been out there, which All I right. like. All right, so uh, just thoughts from uh, spring practice here, and uh, I guess Coach Wells. Uh, talk to you guys some of uh, some of the he came over to everybody too. He talked to you quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah, he did. It was was some good stuff. I I was like, if you're here, I'm going to ask you. I I probably asked him more questions than he wanted to answer. That's for sure. Well, one of the things he was asked about, and this is one of the things everybody is excited and wants to know more. But you know, we talked about Shuck, the new quarterback, and uh, Wells uh, talked about him. Yeah, Jared. I think um, first of all, Tyler brings some experience. He brings a uh, competitive nature. You can already see that in two practices. Um, He's played. um, You know, had significant playing time and. you know, out there at Oregon and played well. He um, is going to bring competitive depth to that room. There's going to be a good co- quarterback competition um, all spring through the summer. That's the first of all, you know, in his recruitment process, the first part of your question, you know, that was a 10-day process that um, was, um, you know, fairly significant in terms of the conversations and the, the recruiting and the Zoom and, and all the things that we had to do and involved with this, you know, Tyler, his mom, and his dad, and a uh, great family. Glad to have him as a Red Raider. Uh, he's fit right in really, really quickly. And um, two days in, he's had to be in helmets and jerseys just because the acclimatization rule. Uh, Friday morning, he'll be in shoulder pads and then uh, full gear on Saturday morning. All right. So, uh, yeah, this uh, it's, it is exciting to have a, an experienced quarterback come in. And, just, and, and also just for the sake of creating uh, – well, he's probably going to – be a good leader for your young quarterbacks that you have and just creating that competition too you know kind of setting the bar and uh, guys like baron morton and donovan smith you oh, know yeah. having something to really reach for and uh, makes them all better probably we you know we had tyler on the show and i think he was very impressive in his interview he's obviously very intelligent um he's already got a couple of degrees he got two degrees in three years at oregon so that's pretty impressive boy yeah uh, that is <laughs> you know i took me what I don't want to say how many years to get one degree. So, <laughs> did you graduate? I, 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 yeah, right. I mean, I, that's a valid question. I did. I do have a diploma. Uh, that's funny. Uh, when did you graduate, Pete? That's the question. How long ago was that? I was. I graduated with Barney Rubble back in 1856 BC. <laughs> that's a good answer. Yeah, yeah, right. Good deflection nice. there. Yeah, you yeah, know. Uh, no, don't ask Shuck, the guy his age. Shuck is. Uh, Shuck, you weigh? No, I'm just yeah. kidding. One ninety-two. Oh, okay. <laughs> That much, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that, how that happened. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he weighs 202 when he's on the air. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Big arm, mobile, enough to move the chains when everything breaks down. Uh, suave enough, for lack of a better term, or uh, to move around the pocket and create more time if need be. But like I said, he can move uh, with his feet, too. So uh, talent. Talent upgrade, experience upgrade, all that. Well, at, at the all-important position of quarterback. And, and so, yeah, that really has created a, a situation where there for a while it was, there was a lot of doubt in the quarterback room at Texas Tech. Now that does look like, you know, could be developing into uh, one, of the, one of the strengths. And Donovan Smith is somebody I think I've been telling you all, uh, and Jeff, I know you and I talked about him a lot, he's getting a lot of reps in practice. Coach Wells even said after practice on Wednesday that uh, – He's not on a pitch count anymore. His arm is live. He looks good, and I, you know, he's already challenging uh, Henry Columbia for starting snaps. You can see at practice. All right. So uh, Coach Wells uh, 
talk to us about the quarterback situation. We've got two young freshmen, um, Barron and Donovan, that haven't played much um, at all here. Maverick, redshirt freshman, has played very little. Henry needs reps as he continues to improve, and he has done that. And then obviously you added Tyler uh, to the mix. And so it does make for a competitive room. Uh, I think those guys are taking coaching really well. And uh, this thing is going on. It'll you know go the rest of spring through the summer. Right, and you know we're t- talking about some of the the things that you've been impressed with, or you know strengths and, and things. And you, you both kind of mentioned about the uh, the size of of guys, you know. And so that goes back to that strength and conditioning and nutrition and all that. And uh, Coach Wells uh, talked to us a little bit, a little bit about the uh, gains the team has made in the weight room. Sean, a bunch. Um... I think the the guys that come to my mind, you know, Josh Berger, one of our old linemen, you know, it was his first real off season, coming in as a grad transfer last year, and um, COVID hurt there. He's made a lot of gains. Ethan Card, Weston Wright has made some really strength gains. I'm not sure he's gained a ton of weight, but he has really in strength. Um, Jalen Hutchins, Tony Bradford, uh, Tyree Wilson. Um, all those guys are bigger. Our O-line, D-line are bigger. You know, I think there's some guys, you know, uh, Brandon um, Randall has really, when I say leaned up, he's just changed his body um, and um, has done a really good job. Uh, those are the guys that really, you know, come to mind besides some of the newcomers that have made good strides. But, um, you know, we are bigger. I think that's noticeable when you watch. I heard some of you guys make comments today. Um, we got some other guys that have watched practice and, and said the same thing. We are bigger, stronger. Development part of this program is going to always be um, a key component, um, recruiting and development. That's how we're going to change this program and um, recruiting talent and competitive depth in every room and then developing that talent once we get them in here. All right, that's Coach Wells on the gains made in the weight room so far. And just his overall thoughts on that first practice in pads. A big interception. Uh, at the end, uh, Marquise Waters, it's first thing. Second thing uh, I would say is the receivers, the outside receivers, I thought had a really good day. They, they came down with some 50-50 competitive catches. Eric Ezekama, Trey Cleveland, uh, J.J. Sparkman, uh, Jerron Bradley, uh, Loic made a diving catch. Just saw a bunch of big catches by our outside receivers. And um, that, that was, those are the first impressions. All right, so uh, there you go. Coach Wells talking about that first practice in pads. Looks like a lot to be, uh, you know, this time of the season, you want to be optimistic. And uh, I think the last several years it's been tough to even find optimism in, in off seasons, but there seems to be some really good stuff happening. And uh, so we've kind of hit some of the, you know, the good things, the things you've seen that are encouraging and you like. Is there anything that you, uh, you know, that really stands out, though, that just the one thing that you've seen that you go, oh, man, that's just, I mean, one Defense, you know, everybody likes you know the defensive line. You bring back a lot of guys. Linebacker looks great, maybe better than we've seen. I don't know, a long time. I actually like what we see at safety too. Marcus Waters is going to come solidify one of those spots. He's a really good player. Cornerback though, look, Demarcus Fields comes back, and I think that's huge. He's he could be a borderline All Big Twelve player if you know things fall the right way. He's a very good player, experienced player. But then you start looking. I mean, you have. Uh, you know, a couple transfers coming in, and I, I tell, I will say this: Rashad Williams, he looks taller than six two. He's got long arms. He's big. He's noticeably bigger than the other corners on your roster. But there's just not enough of them. You know, will Adrian Fry come back to 
and, and be a player. You know, he yeah. disappeared uh, last year, and he you know he struggled the year before that. So can he play? Come back to at least close to that freshman All American like form. It, it, right, that's what you know? his freshman year was amazing. Uh, yeah, it was. Or since they moved him to safety, and, yeah. and that's just where. And then last year, fell off. Yeah. he didn't play. You know, yeah. so and then you have some other guys that you hope can step up, some younger guys, but you haven't seen it yet, and that's right. a familiar thing. Oh, we have hope that these guys can do it, but we don't know. So that I feel like they're one or two injuries away at cornerback. Uh, and Malik Dunlap will be here too. That's the NC State guy. He's been out. That that would help. Six three corner. Uh, he'll be here in fall camp. But uh, you just feel like one or two injuries away from really having a problem at cornerback. Yeah. And come on, in today's game, that's a problem. All right. Well, um, anxious to uh, talk about basketball next because there's a lot of stuff that's uh, going. And now you get the rumor mill and crazy speculation and and. Dread, and I mean, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. So uh, we'll get you guys' thoughts on some of the stuff that's going on. If you haven't heard yet, uh, it appears that Shaka Smart is moving on to Marquette, which would uh, create an opening at Texas. And you can see where this is going. Then the very next speculation becomes, will Chris Beard, you know, be offered by Texas? Of course yes. he will. <laughs> and will he go? And that's the that's where you start You really looking at it and trying to, you know, make sense of uh, surely not and how could that happen and would he or would he not? So that's what we'll talk about next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. The Rock and Pregame returns on 101.1 The Beard. The Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher Jarrett Johnson. The Beard Sports Director Sean Dillon. And host of the Rock and Pregame, Jeff Scott. Red Raider Basketball. All right, so uh, yeah, Red Raider basketball. The uh, if you haven't heard yet, the uh, news is out there now. As it appears that Shaka Smart is on his way to coach at Marquette, which you know you obviously uh, that looks like one of those things of uh, Shaka. You might want to uh, find mm-hmm. uh, you might want to find another gig um, if you want to stay gainfully employed because that's a strange move. But I guess he's got some connection to Marquette. But to leave Texas to go to Marquette just because there's got there's more to that. So what that what that leads to then next the first obvious thing is Chris Beard's name comes up and the the that inevitable speculation of you know would Chris Beard leave Tech to go to to go to Texas? They clearly he would be you would think be the number one guy on their list of you know who they would want and his connections there and being a graduate and. You know, let's just let's There's just a talk about. I mean, there yeah, under Tom Penders. I mean, I guess I, that's where it started for him. You know, I mean, in many yeah. ways, is that is that UT? So if if his other mama calls, would, yeah. would he would he go? <laughs> he infamously you know? said about tech. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, this is this is like a nightmare that you know. I mean, a nightmare scenario. Right, this is, I want to preface all of this by saying, I think we've all learned in this past year to never say never more than ever. Anything that could happen, true. right? That's you know? true. Um, there's a lot of thing, compelling reasons for Chris Beard to stay. For one, he's already a uh, top five paid coach in college basketball in the country. They are about to unveil this uh, $30 million practice facility, which is going to be as nice as anything out there in the country, uh, the Womble. That should be, I don't know, any week, if not any day uh, now, um, that they would unveil that. Um, 
Look, look at what he's built here with this fan base. Uh, great crowd, night in and night out. Um, he's the emperor of West Texas. I mean, he truly is like the guy out here. Yeah. Um, he can pretty much get whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants here. I don't know if that's the case in Austin. You yeah. know? Uh, that would be the case. It would be a totally under a totally uh, separate, different set of uh, expectations and pressures, you know. Uh, I don't know if that bothers Chris Beard or not, to be honest. Right. Um, but I, my take is Texas, Texas probably already has reached out to him and offered. Um, and I, I, to me, it seems like he's going to need a new contract here at Texas Tech. To me, that's what it says. If he's going to stay, right. he's probably going to be getting a new contract. I never bought the Indiana noise. Uh, Texas. That died down pretty quick. Yeah. Did, yeah. Didn't it? yeah. Uh, Texas's AD has been pretty aggressive. And done a pretty good job uh, of in, in their coaching searches, uh, Del Conte. So he makes me nervous. All that Texas mm-hmm. money makes me nervous. The fact that Chris Beard is, you know, he did graduate from UT, and that did start. It did start for him there. Um, that I mean, I'm not going to lie. Right now, today, I'm more nervous than I've been any really in, a, in years about uh, the possibility. I, especially, I tell you what's doing it for me is these rumors with all these players. You know, mm-hmm. guys that you wouldn't expect. Um, now maybe they all come back. I honestly I don't know as I as I'm speaking in this microphone right now. Uh, but for the first time in a while, I'm nervous about what's going to happen with this program and wow. how solid uh, Chris Beard is. So we'll we'll just have to see. Well, that right now on Twitter, on Twitter, uh, one of the top things trending is, is Ronda Rousey's going back to WWE, and then there's Chris Beard. And uh, Seth Davis, who's a, a big college basketball guy, says, uh, this free advice for Chris Beard, stay right where you are. And then ESPN reporting, uh, starting April 1st, his buyout to another mm-hmm. Big 12 school drops down to $4 million. Yeah, you can see all the details of his contract on Inside of the Red Raiders. Uh, if you just Google search Chris Beard's new contract, it'll come up. I have it. I have uh, <clears throat> pictures of it. I have a whole photo gallery of the entire contract. And then, of course, a story breaking it down, what it was. It was back in April of 2019, I think, actually, was his last contract. So, Yeah, yeah this, is, uh, this is that thing you just don't ever want to even have to it's almost entertain like you, as a like, thought. You it's know? like breaking up with your girlfriend or something when you were a kid. You know, you got that feeling of pit in your stomach, you know, like, oh. you know, yeah, It's like you, you, you saw her, uh, you know, on the playground with some other guy. And it's you just that, had that uh, gif of the feel, guy yeah. looking at another girl while he's walking with yeah, him. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's what, I know, isn't that true? You know, and, and, and the best thing for Red Raider fans would be to have Chris Beard in the next day say, I'm out. I don't think he's going to do that. No, because but I mean, it'd be nice. I mean, business-wise, you know, when you want that new contract, I mean, this is you have some leverage. Well, here, no, right? but I'm saying I hope Tech right. and him work it out, and that he comes out and says, "I want to stay at Tech." Yeah. And they, hey, we're going to give him a new deal, and boom. Well, obviously, yeah. Tech that would be. The, I mean, that would be the best scenario. Yeah, and and this is the kind of thing that you know, if if Kirby Hokut is, uh, you know, he's a smart guy. He's all along. You know that this this thing is always looming out there. Sure. With and especially, you know, Shock is smart every year. It seems like. He was he was getting by by the skin of his teeth every year. This right. year, you know, they had that great team and things were looking good. And <laughs> Abilene then, Christian, you know, yeah, you lose to Abilene Christian. Who, by the way, how hilarious was it to hear on TV hear the commentators saying things like, "Yeah," and they lost to their uh, their in state rival. You know, <laughs> Abilene Christian. That was one of the great moments to me that you know hearing that. But uh, but anyway, but no, but now that it looks you know, smarts on his way to Marquette and all this is out there, it does. This is the kind of thing that. 
you just you you know and and for te- we talked about this on the show before about how for Texas Tech fans there's always this thing mm. no matter you know football basketball whatever always hoping a guy wants to be here yeah. always hopes he, he always hope he wants to stay here and that feeling that someone doesn't want you and they want to go somewhere else is the worst thing for Tech fans. I think to me I want to see well this kind of thing will take off fast. It already has. But then also I want to see what happens with these rumors with these players cuz some of the players are like building block beard guys that have been mentioned so yeah. Let's see what happens uh, with the transfer keep an eye on the transfer portal and keep an eye on of course uh you know we'll have you updated on the latest uh news about Chris Beard his situation with Tech and of course Texas coming, you know, coming calling. Yeah, and we'll you know follow us, uh, Rock and Pregaming. Follow us on uh, on Twitter yep. for stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll just we'll continue to watch it and listen, and uh, we'll see what happens. And hopefully the uh, the nightmare scenario does buckle not, up is my uh, advice. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hopefully the nightmare scenario doesn't uh, doesn't play out. So, all right. Well, we'll take a break from all that worry. And we'll uh, get to our Rocketology, our Rockin' 25 poll voters, Eric Hasselman, Michael Hunter, are going to join us uh, coming up here in a few minutes to break down the Sweet 16. That action starts tomorrow, of course, and uh, we'll get their thoughts. <laughs> Rocketology. All right, well, it's March Madness, and our Rocketologists help break down the games from the uh, Rockin' 25 college basketball poll. It's analytics consultant from Haslametrics.com, Eric Haslam, also owner editor and founder of the ACC Basketball Report and podcast, Michael Hunter. So here we are. We're at the uh, Sweet 16. Uh, game start tomorrow. And uh, which will be the biggest blowout, do you think? If I had to select a biggest blowout, I would... I think most people would expect Arkansas or Oral Roberts. I'm going to go Alabama over UCLA. I think UCLA is, has played way over their heads so far during the tournament. They were playing their worst basketball heading into the tournament. I think Alabama is a national title contender. I don't think UCLA has the horses to run with Alabama in any real facet of the game. I think Alabama is a sleeping giant, especially when you take into account the type of coach that Nate Oates is. Alabama is a team that's going to shoot 30, 35 threes a game. If they hit 13, 14 of those threes, then this game is out of point, out of touch, out of reality. Absolutely runs past UCLA in the Sweet 16 matchup. I picked out the same two games that Michael had. I was kind of leading towards Alabama, but I got to go with, I got to stick with Arkansas. I think Oral Roberts sees a regression back to the norm here. I think they actually were set up very nicely. I remember saying that the one game that I was the most unimpressed in was actually the first game on Friday was Florida-Virginia Tech. It was a game that I could care less about. I thought both teams were, I don't want to say talentless, but I just I wasn't a believer in either team. And then you had Oral Roberts playing against an Ohio State team that was fumbling and bumbling down the stretch. The defense never looked right down the stretch. Iowa got the reputation of being a bad defensive team. In the Big Ten, Ohio State ended up being far worse than they did, so that was set up for a big upset, and then they got through Florida. They had really three not-so-great teams in their pod. Now you're playing an Arkansas team. The must bus is going full speed. They were rocking it beforehand. They're just carrying it into the tournament. You know, I just think that Arkansas has way too much talent with Moses Moody and Justin Smith. Um, I think they should eat Oral Roberts alive in this one. So you hate mid-majors? I hate Well, I hate all teams, including yours.
<laughs> you except should. Except, yeah. for, except for Wisconsin, and they're gone. So, so I, I hate everybody there. Well, it's because they're not any good. And Texas Tech was supposed to go to the championship for me, and now they're <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, so let's discuss the other uh, Sweet 16 games. Break down the West region. Well, for me, I'm going to jump in there. I want to say that, uh, first of all, Blue Horseshoe, which is me, still loves the Creighton Blue Jays. This is a tall order, though. Um, I really thought that they had a they got their really bad game out of the way when they played Georgetown in that Big East final. And they've come out of it okay. You know, a lot of people had uh, UC Santa Barbara winning that game. Creighton comes out. They handle Ohio, who handled Virginia. Gonzaga, just a different animal, though. I think at some point, Gonzaga, before the championship game, assuming they get there, I think they're going to get a scare. And I wouldn't be surprised if this was it. You know, we saw it with BYU where they built a lead on Gonzaga. I'm thinking Creighton has the backcourt that they can give Gonzaga a lot of trouble. The problem with Creighton is they don't have that front court, And Gonzaga just thrives on scoring from the inside. I don't know if Creighton is going to have the ability to stop that. That's going to be the biggest concern I have. On the other side, I look at USC and Oregon. USC really continuing to play. You know, I think of like Arkansas, another team like USC that just is was playing at a high before the tournament, and they just keep it going. They just bury Kansas by 34. That was really impressive. The Mobley brothers are just are beasts inside. Taj Edi, one of the maybe the best transfer of the year this year has been a game changer for USC. The thing, though, about Oregon is don't doubt Dana Altman. We always talk about this in, in March. Dana Altman, two seasons ago, won 10 straight games before bowing out in the Sweet 16 to Virginia. Last year, I think he won four in a row before COVID. Now Oregon is getting hot. They get a free game. They got one less game than everybody else because they got a free pass past uh, VCU. And then they decide to creatively beat Iowa, even though, they were, even though Oregon was 294th in game pace. They go out there and decide to run hang up 95 on Iowa. So Altman is a is a guy that I don't doubt in March. So actually, I'm going to go in these two games, Gonzaga and Oregon, personally. Yeah, I'm going to go, on, you know, top half of the bracket. Gonzaga against Creighton, you know, it comes down to can Christian Bishop keep Drew Timmy off the offensive glass? You know, when Gonzaga played Oklahoma, Drew Timmy had half a dozen offensive rebounds, scored 30 points, had a game in which... It wasn't just, you know, body up, back to the basket type scores. He finished through traffic. He finished through contact. Drew Timmy's a legit number five center. I don't know if if Christian Bishop, even though he is athletic, I'm not sure that he has the ability to, to compete at that level with Drew Timmy. That said, I'm not sure that anybody in the nation has the ability to compete with Creighton when Creighton's perimeter guys are all hitting. We're talking about Marcus Zagorowski, Mitch Baylock, Damian Jefferson, Denzel Mahoney. I mean, that's maybe the best perimeter makeup in the nation, aside from possibly Gonzaga. If those guys are able to spread out the Zags and kind of hit threes and kind of run their game, anything's possible. Creighton is the best team that Gonzaga has faced all season long, regardless of any type of -of out-of-conference schedule that they may have played. Which looked good preseason, but preseason maybe wasn't so great. So ultimately, I think Gonzaga moved on, but I think Creighton maybe gets in the spirit of the first tournament. USC, Oregon, you know, Oregon with Burris recently. I really like them. I really liked Iowa to move on against USC. I think that Oregon has the guard play. I think that Oregon has the coaching. 
Bowen. I think what you're going to see is Gonzaga and Oregon in the Elite Eight playing for the West Region title. And now let's take a look. Uh, how about the games in the East Region? I think Florida State's length and, and Leonard Hamilton's coaching is going to give Michigan problems. I would probably take Michigan if they had Isaiah Livers. I don't expect Shawnee Brown to do as well as he did on a consistent basis against LSU. I expect Florida State to move on. They're deep. They play a lot of minutes. They play a lot of guys. I think in the last 10 minutes, Florida State wins that game. As far as Alabama and UCLA, UCLA was playing their worst basketball heading into the tournament. Alabama is one of the best teams in the nation, in my opinion. I've said all along that I think that the East region lays out the red carpet for Alabama to make a run to the Final Four. I expect that to continue. I think it's going to be an Alabama-Florida State matchup in the Elite Eight. Yeah, I would actually tend to agree. I think um, yeah, it's it's hard to say with Michigan. I can't really trust Michigan. Michigan, we've talked about this before, how Michigan is just kind of all over the board sometimes. We've seen games where they have looked as good as any team in the country. Um, I'm thinking of that Ohio, the Ohio State game where Ohio State played almost a flawless game and Michigan still beat them. And then you think of the game where Illinois goes to Ann Arbor without Ayo DeSumo and, and destroys Michigan by 23 on the road. You don't really know what to expect from Michigan from one game to the next. I like Leonard Hamilton. One of the things about Leonard Hamilton is you can count on him going to the Elite Eight. You can't count on him going to the Final Four. So I feel like Florida State, this is the game for Florida State to win before they bow out. And if they're going to bow out, it's going to be against Alabama because Alabama is just playing at a, uh, you know, I think of the two teams from the SEC, Arkansas and Alabama, playing at a fantastic level right now. Alabama is... 17th in the country right now in offensive efficiency. They're even better on the defensive end, fourth in in defensive efficiency. I just think they are the – a lot of people, I think, have doubted Alabama so far because of – I think you kind of have in the back of your mind this old Alabama team that was coached by Avery Johnson. This is a different animal now. This is a Nate Oates team for Alabama. And and they cruised in round one. They took down Maryland without any problem in round two. They're rolling – I just don't see UCLA getting in their way. I think Alabama is, I personally think that Alabama is heading for the Final Four. Can they win the title? No, because you're going to have to go through Gonzaga, and that's the ultimate problem for everybody, I think. Not to say, I mean, if if we see that, that, that Gonzaga loses before the Final Four, would you really be stunned knowing how things, I mean, a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, what a shocker. And it is a great team, but where you, I mean, Think of years ago when Zion Williamson was there with Duke a few years ago, and they shouldn't have got out of round two. So when you get in this tournament, I don't care how good Gonzaga is, you're going to get a scare at some point. Even the Virginia team that won two years ago shouldn't have gotten past Purdue, and they probably shouldn't have gotten past Auburn either. A lot of crazy stuff happens here in March. Well, that's for sure. Well, uh, it's Sweet 16 breakdown time on the Rock and Pregame with our Rocketologist Eric Haslam and Michael Hunter, and we are... Uh... Now up to the South region. I talked a little bit about Arkansas. I just think that Oral Roberts is going to have uh, the regression back. I don't care how good Max Smith is. Arkansas is just the team that's probably got the easiest road to the Final Four. You know, I think there's always, when it comes to the other side, I think there's always one game that nobody really saw coming. And I think that a lot of people have just kind of sold their stock on Villanova just because of Colin Gillespie being gone. And I've seen in the past, and, you know, it all started for me a, a few years ago when Bonzi Colson was injured with Notre Dame, and I noticed, wow, Notre Dame did not play a lot differently without Bonzi Colson than when he was there. 
sometimes I think, and you're thinking now with Michigan to a certain degree, people saying, well, Livers is gone, and now they're going to really struggle. Sometimes these guys just, you can fill that gap pretty easily. You can have a guy who's a team leader, and if he goes down, if you put in the right guy who's the right fit for the offense or for the entire team, they can move at pretty much the exact same pace, and that's what we're seeing right now with Villanova. I, th- I think Villanova hasn't been tested. In all fairness, they you know Winthrop was a one-loss team, but it was you know mid-major, and then they escaped having to face Purdue in round two, and then they crushed North Texas. Baylor has just not looked entirely right since the COVID pause. They looked okay, pretty good against Wisconsin, but then again, Wisconsin didn't shoot very well. I could definitely see Villanova making it through this game and even getting by Arkansas in the next game. So I think a lot of people sold too early on Villanova. They saw the the Colin Gillespie injury, and they said, that's it for them. I I think there's more in it for Villanova. They're well-coached. And I think that this might be an upset right here. So I would, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the upset. I'm gonna go villain over here, um, taking on Arkansas in the Elite Eight. I think you know we're talking about the bottom half of the region. I, I think Oral Roberts, you know, it, it turns midnight on that Cinderella. I think they've they, they've made their point. You know, Arkansas is a Power Six team that leads. You know, is top ten na- team in the nation as far as scoring ability. I expect Moses Moody to do well in that game. I expect Oral Roberts, that, that Cinderella season, and I expect Arkansas to move on to the Elite Eight. In the upper half of that bracket, you know, the Colin Gillespie thing, it, it may be a point of emphasis. It may be a point of, of attitude for the Villanova, you know, program. But at the same time, they have never seen a squad like Baylor. As far as the defensive end, Davian Mitchell is going to shut down Justin Moore. He's going to show him, you know, defense on the ball that Justin Moore has not seen, not only in the Big East, but at any point during his career, in my opinion. And right now, I think when you're talking about Jared Butler, Macy Oteague, and Davion Mitchell, Baylor has the best three guards in that game, regardless of how good that Justin Moore is. I think that JRE, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl from Villanova, would have to have the best game of his career in order for, for Villanova to win that game. I'm not even sure that even if that does occur, that Villanova would actually win that game. I think Baylor actually moves on fairly easily in that game. I, I think you're going to see a Baylor-Arkansas matchup in the Elite Eight. So, Michael, if Oral Roberts somehow wins this game against Arkansas by like 9 or 10 and <laughs> advances to play Baylor, any chance no. you give or no, no chance? Nope. Not, Zero. Not, to be, not, to become Zero. The, not to become the George Mason of 2021. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Davion Mitchell would basically put Max Asmus in handcuffs behind his back. Davion Mitchell's the best defensive guard in the nation. I mean, there, there's no if ands, or buts about it. Baylor would. Scott Drew gets zero credit for being one of the best def- coaches all around in the nation. And now he's got a guy in Davian Mitchell that can lock up any guard in the nation. If Oral Roberts is to move on, they have zero chance against Baylor. Interesting. Okay. All right. Let's break down the North Region Sweet 16 games. We call this the softest region. I have on on my sheet of integrity, quote-unquote, this region I got almost 0%. Closer to 0 than 50% correct in this region on my bracket is absolutely incredible. Like if I tried to pick every game wrong, I couldn't do worse <laughs> in the West bracket right now. I, I've got to go with Syracuse. I, I think they're, 
the most offensively talented team in the nation, or no, I'm sorry, the most offensively talented team in the bracket. And for whatever reason, people seem to forget how to zone break when they face Syracuse in the NCAA tournament. Now, that may be because teams in the ACC actively prepare for the Syracuse zone and teams around the nation don't actually see this kind of length or, you know, kind of amoeba zone that, that Syracuse likes to play. But for the most part, it's really just a 2-3 zone with a tremendous amount of length that recruits at an A1 level. I mean, that's what it is. Syracuse recruits at a, at a high level. They recruit athletes. They recruit length. Jim Beheim recruits to his strengths. And for whatever reason, teams in the in the tournament seem to struggle against it. Now, do I think that Houston's going to struggle against it? Yeah, I absolutely do. Because Houston's not exactly running out there and blowing teams out. Houston's a grinded-out team, not fantastic on offense. You know, Caleb Mills transferred out early in the season. It's really an ode to Calvin Sampson as far as what Houston has been able to accomplish this season. But... When you're talking about Alan Griffin, you're talking about Quincy Garrier on the offensive glass. You're talking about Buddy Bayham shooting the ball the way he is right now. And even Joe Girard, the way he's been playing on the offensive end, after a horrible season, it's difficult to go against Syracuse. I think Syracuse moves on to the Elite Eight. You're talking about Loyola, Chicago, and Oregon State. I have no idea. I didn't expect either one of these teams to be here at all. Certainly not when I'm talking about Oregon State. I mean, their center, the Silva kid, has went from being kind of a nobody to being one of the best players, I guess, in the nation. When you're talking about big men, you know, Ethan Thompson hasn't missed a free throw since God knows when. And, <laughs> like, I don't know what to think of this game other than the fact that Loyola Chicago plays fantastic defense. I think that is going to be the difference in the game. I think what you're going to see in the Midwest is Loyola versus Syracuse. In the Elite Eight, I think Syracuse is ultimately going to move on because that Syracuse zone is, for whatever reason, unsolvable in the NCAA tournament. I did a little bit better in this bracket than Michael. Actually, I nailed the uh, the Sweet 16 on the bottom half. Um, one of the things I talked about is I, I maybe I reversed, I double reverse jinxed myself because I said the one thing about Syracuse you can count on is if I pick them to go to the Elite Eight, they're they're going to lose in the first round. If I if I pick them to lose in the lose in the first round, they're going to the Elite Eight. So I said, oh hell with it. I, I, I said I think they can beat San Diego State. I think West Virginia, the analytics have identified them as being weak. So I said, I'm going to take this risk, and I'm going to go Syracuse and Houston in the in the Sweet 16. That's the way it turned out. There's something about that Syracuse zone that just puts people into a, some sort of crazy loop in the tournament, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but it happens every single year. So I nailed that part of the bracket. The upper half of the bracket, not so much. I mean, we talked about Illinois being that team that could possibly um, – give Gonzaga a lot of trouble. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. And in fact, I had Tennessee, I think, beating them, and they didn't get out of round one. So that didn't really work out for me. But, you know, Loyola Chicago has been a pleasure to watch Cameron Crutwig for a guy with his size to have his mobility to be to just out-finesse uh, Kofi Coburn. Uh, I thought that was really just fun to watch. That game looked like Illinois was going to cruise based on their talent. And when it comes to the tournament, you can't win on talent alone. Loyola Chicago went in with a plan as a team unit, and they just ended up just being flat out better than Illinois. I can't pick against um, Loyola Chicago here. Oregon State has won eight of nine. They are, but they were an 11-11 team at one point. 
I I just think that Loyola Chicago is, again, a little bit of a team of destiny. I don't know if the Final Four is where they're going to go. But I do think they get through this round. When it comes to the other side, I have so much faith in Kelvin Sampson. I think he's a fantastic coach. You're going against a Syracuse team that I think has now run out of time. And when you look at the analytics, I've always said, if you got to be a contender and you got to win this championship, you got to be top 10 in offensive efficiency, top 30 in defensive efficiency. Well, guess what? Houston is top 10 in both. Fourth in offensive efficiency, seventh in defensive efficiency. They have the highest field goal attempt rate of anybody in the country. That means they don't turn the ball over frequently. They get a plenty of offensive rebounds. I just think that this Houston team right now is set up to succeed and get to the Final Four now that Illinois is out of the way. Can they withstand Buddy Beheim hitting 14 threes? Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, that what might be a tough question to ask, but you're making the assumption that he can hit 14 threes. I don't put anything past him right now. I mean, oh, I know. yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how hot these guys get in the tournament. But then, you know, again, I'm a, I'm a believer of regression to the norm. Our Rocketologists are breaking down the bracket for you on the Rockin' pregame. From these Elite Eight winners, who do you see in the Final Four? Uh, for me, my Final Four, I like Gonzaga, I like Alabama, I like Baylor, and I like Syracuse. I, I think three of those go without saying. I think Gonzaga and Alabama and Baylor are, are, are the best teams in their region. I think Syracuse is on a heater, and you never walk away from the table when you're on a heater. I think personally you got to have one surprise in there, which is probably a four-seed or worse. So I'm going to agree on the one side of the bracket with Michael. I'm going to stick with Gonzaga and Alabama. On the other side, I'm going to go completely different. I'm going to go with Houston as the two-seed, and I'm going to actually going to pick Villanova as the five Woo. in the Final Four. How's that for a risky pick? Yeah, that's out there, brother. Without Colin Gillespie. There's no way that Davian Mitchell will ever allow Villanova to win that game. <laughs> Sorry, I was... Uh... Taking a nap there for a moment. No, not not really. You're um, processing all the information. No, there's like a lot. Well, actually, I know. Sorry, guys. What I was doing was uh, I I haven't filled out. We're having a competition on my other my day job. You know, my morning show, and we're we're picking games by round. And so I'm sitting here taking down all these notes because I haven't made my picks for this right. weekend yet. And and there's a lot to 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 digest there. So yeah, so that's what we're doing today. We are breaking down the NCAA college basketball tournament with our rocketologist Eric Haslam and Michael Hunter. Who are your upset specials for the next two rounds? Oh, God. I think it's going to be Villanova beating Baylor. I think you got to pick one of those. I mean, if you call the other one an upset that I talked about before, which is uh, Oregon beating USC, it's a, it's a seven over a six. But one could argue that USC was probably underseeded, and this was probably more of a four-line team. Oregon was probably more deserving of a seven or an eight, maybe. I just can't doubt Dana Altman in March. So I'm going to go with Oregon as an upset. I'm going to go with Villanova as an upset. I guess seed-wise, my biggest my biggest upset would be Syracuse over Houston. Houston is a team that is really good on 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 defense. They're a great uh, offensive rebounding team, which is conducive to winning against Syracuse. However, the way that Syracuse is shooting the ball right now, I, I think that Syracuse is going to move on to the Final Four. For whatever reason, I'm a buyer, which means that Anybody who's placing a wager should absolutely be a seller. For whatever reason, Bayheim wins in March in the way that everybody pretends that Tom Izzo wins in March. On the other side of the bracket, I really like Florida State against Michigan. He's going to play 11 guys. He's going to play 11 guys for at least eight, nine minutes a game. He's going to run waves, and the way that he's going to win is he's going to keep it close for the first 30 minutes, 
And in the last 10 minutes when Michigan is tired, his guy's going to be fresh. And I think that Florida State's going to pull that game out. So I expect Florida State to beat the number one team in the East in Michigan. And uh, for whatever reason, that's going to be a shock to a lot of people. It ain't going to be a shock to me. I think Florida State moves on to the Elite Eight to face Alabama. All right. Where can people find your work? You can find me, as always, on Twitter at ACCBR1 and ACC Basketball Report Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and Amazon. And as always, people can find me, my ratings, my rankings, my projections, my bracketology over at HaslamMetrics.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter going hashtag analyticallyfinal at, at HaslamMetrics. And when we check in next, it'll be time for the Final Four and National Championship our big thanks to the Rockin' 25 voters, Eric Haslam and Michael Hunter, for breaking down the analytics and the teams. The Rockin' 25 college basketball poll will return at the end of the season at 101thebeard.com. Thank you, guys. Adios, amigos. Red Raider Baseball. Keep your hand on your gun. All right, Red Raider baseball, and uh, yeah, I made it out to uh, some of those games against Oklahoma State uh, this past weekend. I got to tell you how nice it was to go to a game where there was full capacity yes. and just sitting out there. The weather, man, particularly on Sunday, is just nice. Just went out there and worked on my tan, watched some <laughs> baseball, you know, drink a cold one. I mean, it was it was glorious. I'm glad baseball is back and. Having, having people in the stands, nice. Yeah, and, you know, I, I saw, you know, they lost that first game to Oklahoma State 2 nothing. It snapped a 14-game win streak, and I saw people say, well, man, now they're 0-4 against ranked teams. You know, they lost those three at the beginning. But then uh, they come back, they win 4-2, 6-5. I mean, that's Big 12 baseball, some some real nail-biting games. So they sit 16-4 and right now, 2-1 and in conference. Uh, this weekend, home again, wrapping up a 12-game homestand, final three games. But it's interesting because they're not playing somebody in the Big 12. They got South Florida, the Bulls, coming in. The Bulls are 9-9 nine and nine on the year. And so we got to talk to Tim Tadlock this week and uh, got his thoughts on after jumping in the Big 12 pool, getting out and playing a non-conference series. Um, would love it if we weren't in non-conference. We love playing baseball, but once you start getting into conference, it, it would be nice to be able to just play conference games every weekend. That's kind of where we are with nine teams in our league. You have two bye weekends. As far as um, the other, I mean, I think always when series are over, we're trying to create as much margin for error as we can going into the next game, uh, going into the next series. And um, you can do that on both sides of, of the ball, definitely. So tonight's game is at 6.30. Tomorrow they play at 2, and then they wrap up the three-game series with South Florida 1 o'clock Sunday. Uh, a little different this week because after that Oklahoma State series, there was no midweek games, so that kind of moves things around for pitchers. Uh, here's Tim Tadlock on how you approach not having any midweek games to get your pitchers some game action. Uh, well, you missed a good inner squad on Tuesday. So there's about nine guys through on Tuesday. and um, There's nothing wrong with lining up and playing baseball because you love to play. Nobody says people have to be in the stands, even though we love it when they are. Nobody says it has to be an official game uh, to play the game the right way. So 
Uh, we give them every opportunity to try to, uh, you know, get better at their craft, um, you know, in a practice in a practice setting. So, uh, you know, the Red Raiders uh, looking to wrap up this homestand. But the best thing is, as you mentioned, Jeff, now that it's open, the crowd, and this team right now, 13-1 and at home. That Oklahoma State loss was the only one at home uh, playing really well at Rip Griffin Park. And uh, here's Tadlock on the importance of doing well at home with the home crowd. Um, it's important to play well wherever you play. Um, we probably don't, if you've ever heard the song, you never count your money while you're sitting at the table. We're trying, you know, to just uh, stay with the day that's in front of us and um, get a little bit better each day. And so we're definitely not um, sitting here saying, uh, you know, we're 8-1 we're and one or whatever. you, you got to go earn the right to win each day. Um, the best teams at the end generally get a little bit better through the season and uh we're definitely at a point right now where we'd like to create create as much margin for error as we can and run differential call it what you want um and so we we definitely got work to do definitely work to do it starts this week and a three-game series to wrap up the 12-game homestand and it's interesting because next week uh, you know, those three games at the beginning of the year were at a, a neutral site. Next week, April 1st, April Fool's Day, will be the first official away game for Tech. They start a three-game series at Kansas State. So you really want to get things done this week with South Florida, some non-conference games, and Tech right now 16-4 overall, number 6 in the nation. And, man, I think the weather should be pretty good. It would be a good weekend to get out, get out with people, see people, and, uh, you know, start uh getting things going again after a year of being you really locked up in your homes right yeah no that's what it was so great to be out at a baseball game and just see all the people out there everybody enjoying it and man it was nice all right well the big news today is well it's not news it's it's fake news at this point i don't know what's happened but uh this whole thing about now the speculation oh my gosh chris beard's leaving he's gonna go to texas because texas apparently is parted ways with shaka smart he's headed to marquette which you know you you know that that it has the the look of a situation of hey listen we're gonna make a change and if you'd like to try to find a gig before we do this you know and you can announce that you know, because Marquette wouldn't be the type of job typically someone would leave Texas for right. just to go to Marquette. So there's got to be something to that. Well, anyway, the bottom line is Texas will then have an opening, and the very first name that naturally is going to pop up is Chris Beard. And, you know, you just, there's, it's all just speculation, rumor, and conversation at this point. There's a, there's uh, a report on from 24 7 Sports on Inside the Red Raiders, and uh, it's from Kirk Bowles of the, uh, it's basically, Reporting a report from Kirk Bowles of the Austin American Statesman who says he believes Texas will put a full court press on Chris Beard. Now, I, if they haven't already. Now, first off, Beard has told him no before in the past. Right. And in terms of now, who's to say they haven't already reached out to him? Right. Just since tech season ended last weekend. or You know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this is already, you know, and the process has already started. Let's put it that way. And, see, and, and this is the kind of stuff, though, that, that does. It starts, this is where you start getting that feeling in your stomach. Yes. Oh, gosh. It's because if mm-hmm. if Texas basically pushed Shaka Smart out and mm-hmm. he's, already ta- he's, going to, he's already taking the market. It's already job, been set up. I mean. They, they wouldn't just do that unless they 
had something or I mean you don't you don't just get rid of people and then hope you got it you, you wouldn't a plan. think so you wouldn't think so you wouldn't yeah. think so but um that's one another one of those things about this that makes you go oh gosh please no An- another detail on this is uh you know beard's contract his uh, buyout uh, within big the Big 12 drops on April 1st. You can see all these details on Inside the Red Raiders. Sean, our producer, just tweeted out from our uh, Twitter the account. Yeah, from the Rock and Pre-Game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that all the details. You can see the the contract. Uh, but bottom line is, is his buyout drops to $4 million on April 1st, which for Texas, I mean, come on. That's, that's is that even a consideration? Right yeah, there, I know, yeah. especially since they don't have to pay off Shaka, you know? Yeah. So... Do I do I think that's factual that Texas is making a huge run at Chris Beard? Absolutely. Now, can I confirm that in terms of from Texas or or Coach Beard? No. But I mean, come on, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, right, Pete? To put no, those you're two right. Together. But you know, as we mentioned that you know this has been in the works. Uh, I just go back to a tweet that Chris Beard put out four days ago. Uh, <clears throat> I could have missed the the pain, mm-hmm. but I'd have to miss the dance. One season, we will finish with a Monday night win. Just have to stay in the fight. Does he mean we as in Texas Tech or we as in like him and his staff and his... I thought he meant Texas Tech, but you know, sitting here... I'm just saying. No, I know. But man, if, if he left and went to Texas... That's like a death in the family. I mean, this this. If he goes to Texas, he will immediately turn into public enemy number one with pretty much all Red Raider fans. Um, He will probably go down as the most hated guy in Texas Tech athletics forever. If yeah. he goes to Texas, I just don't he'll go from the it. most beloved to the most hated overnight. Isn't that? It, and it's hard to imagine because. And I said this earlier. I, you know, I, I remember when you know David McWilliams was uh, you know Texas guy comes to Texas Tech has a you know kind of turns it around at that point. They have a you know a moderate winning season. I think he won like what seven games or something, mm-hmm. and and he immediately takes the Texas job. Mm-hmm. And and this is a guy who didn't really have a lot of ties to Tech really, and he was. You know, he came in that one year, and people, I mean, still haven't forgotten yeah. about that. That was an affront, that, and that's why Tech fans hate the idea of somebody who wants to leave. You always want that guy that wants to be here and, and wants to stay forever, and, and you know, and that's so important. And it's it, the idea that someone would leave to go to Texas is the most vile thought right. for a Texas Tech fan. And so that's why, you know, this thing starts, you know, just that it gets legs with everybody's talking about it because you can't imagine it happening. That was before my time, but that is like, you ever have a friend who had a girlfriend in high school or college and you know, he, maybe he's married now and all this great. He seems like he has a great life, but he's always hung up on that one girl who got away. We all have that friend, right? Yeah. It's like, dude, why are you, why are you drunk talking about this girl from 10, 15 years ago? You know, look at your life. You know, that's what it seems like with David McWilliams. Right. Like tech fans are like, <laughs> they were so hurt by that. Right, like, yeah. I, you know, it's, and so I don't, I always kind of shrugged that off because, A, like I said, it was before my time, really. But also, not because it's it's invalid, because it is. You talk to the River River fan base, obviously, on the message board. I mean, it's coming up right now. That's all you see. David Williams, how to work out for him? And, oh, right. we have another situation like that. It's just, to me, it's just crazy that it made such an impact on this fan base. Yeah. But it did. So so that's the thing. Imagine the lasting impact oh, of yeah. a guy oh, who was here yeah. for one season and won seven games. Like, to if Chris Beard left... I mean, it would be, I can't even imagine, we were talking about this a few minutes ago off air, but it was this idea of, can you imagine, if this came to pass? Hypothetically. Yes, hypothetically. And and Texas comes to the the USA to play Tech, and Chris Beard 
runs out there on wow. the oh in the burnt putting, orange putting, his, putting up his, his horns up and all that. I mean, they, I think they're, they're going to have to. I think they're going to have like to. That's like pro wrestling stuff. Yeah, they, right they there. It there. is really. It is. Oh the, my goodness! They'd have to put up like chicken wire, a cage. Like yeah, It'd be like cage match. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't. I, I can't imagine. Can't imagine it. So. That's what's out there. What's your gut we, say? You know, I say he stays. I say he stays, but I'll say I'm more nervous now than I have been, but I do believe he stays for a number of reasons. Yeah. The, the Womble, what he's built here, he knows what we're saying. He, maybe he doesn't care. Red that Raider students, his, I mean, right. his relationships. I mean, he, this is a guy who takes great pains to not offend people. Right. He would offend. And respect how, people. And, how many Red Raider fans would, would he offend? I mean, I, come on, you know. I, I think I would hope. Maybe he gets a raise here. He gets a little bump in his contract. You know, he's already a top five paid guy. But that's if it's not my money, like you said earlier. It's always nice to spend someone else's money. But right. hopefully, uh, maybe Red Billy Red Madison will give some. Billy money Madison, to you figure it out. That's it. But hey, we, um, hey, by the way, yeah, we got another word coming up, Coach Beard. You, you can enter it. One on one dot com. I think he stays, but I'm nervous. All yeah. right. Well, that's uh, that's what's happening. We'll uh, we'll all. I, I'm sure everybody uh, in the in the region will be uh, staying glued to this story as it uh, unfolds further. All right. Full court press coming up next. Full court press. Four questions, no hedging. You're on the record because it is the full court press. Jeff, when the dust settles, who will be the starting quarterback for the Red Raiders? I think it's easy. That's uh, that's Chuck. I don't think there's any question. Pete, total number of strikeouts for the Red Raider pitching staff this weekend. Oh, I'm going to go six, six, seven. So what is like, that? Uh, Nineteen. Mm. Oh, math. <laughs> I was told there would be yeah, math. math. Jarrett, number of players drafted in the NBA draft from Texas Tech this year. Mm, I mean, I kind of want to say zero, but I'll say one. Shannon in the second round. Okay, trivia question for everyone. Lenny Britcher is dad to South Florida Bulls pitcher the Rangers Britcher. Yeah. What team did dad get drafted by, Jeff? Rangers. I could, you know, no, it's not I, Rangers. I I haven't I the slightest up, idea. I'm going to say the I'm, I'm going to oh. say the Pittsburgh Pirates. No. The New York Yankees. I got second round to the Chicago White Sox. Well, that's White 100% Sox. That was my next correct. answer. And that my friends is your full court press. All right, Lenny Brutcher. All right, well, way to go, Sean. That was a, we learned something there. That was good. Yeah. I, hey, I just wanted to throw out too big, big day in Lubbock, Texas. Of course, with, with all this beard stuff. But tonight, LCU Lady Shaps playing for their third national championship, NCAA Division Two, taking on Drury College. They've won like thirty-four games in a row. Oh. When they win tonight, Steve Gomez. They got to name that new loop the Steve Gomez LCU Lady Shap Loop. Uh, everybody hit up Mayor Pope. Got to get right. done. All right. Sounds good. The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame brought to you by Red Raider Outfitter, Sonko, Meineke, Fortenberry Roofing, Western Water Well Drilling and Pump Service, The Equipment, and Mitch Hall Chevrolet Buick GMC in La Mesa. Our thanks to studio engineer Nick Toshek. Producers, Pete Christie, Sean Diller, Jared Johnson, Jeff Scott, Alpha Media Senior VP, Jay Richardson, Voice Talent, and DeWig, Troy Duran, Engineer, Dave Fernandez, and Director, Executive Producer, Sean Dillon. Portions pre-recorded. For Pete Christie, Sean Dillon, Jared Johnson, and Jeff Scott, Rackham Tech, from the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Free Game on 101.1, The Beard. The views of the proceeding are those of the participants and may not necessarily be those of Alpha Media USA or its advertisers. This is a production of Alpha Media Lubbock.